0: to the inaugural podcast of The Gentleman's Soapbox. I am Jake, and I am generally your average, everyday, cynical old bastard. With me is Sean. We generally call him the Reverend Sean, and you will eventually figure out why. Uh, and Sean is with me because he has some experience in podcasting, shall we say. Um, how many years have you been podcasting?
1: Oh, uh, since '06.
0: And uh, a little over, well, not quite a year ago. Has it been a year?
1: Oh, I think so. Yeah.
0: Okay, About a year ago, he dragged me into the podcasting world, kicking and screaming. Um, actually, that's a lie. I volunteered. Um, <laughs> you poor bastard. <laughs> you no, know, it's been terrible. Uh, But in the process of podcasting, he said something to uh, the entire podcasting listening world several times, and I have found it to be invariably true, which is when you find that you have this platform to speak, it kind of starts to change your views and change your life and change your way of seeing things. And I have, over the past several years, started becoming more and more and more disgruntled with the idea that... Uh, opinions are not good things anymore. I'm very much in the frame of mind that, uh, I think as Edward Norton put it in the People Versus Larry Flint, unpopular speech is, uh, one of the things we need to keep this world around us healthy. So this is what we're here for. We're here to have conversations that are probably going to piss people off. Um, we both are what you would probably call middle-aged cis straight white men. Uh, and I know just even having opinions as middle-aged cis straight white men is probably going to piss some people off. We
1: are the axis of evil, exactly. according to most uh, media mainstream media outlets today. Yeah.
0: So what we're going to do when we come to this podcast and come to speak to the, uh, what, two, three, maybe, of you? Oh,
1: maybe, yeah, I mean, you know. Uh,
0: That will listen to this as time goes on uh, is to start out our conversation with a question. Now, I will warn you one thing. If you were looking for concise, directional, non-tangential conversation, (laughs) you have come to the wrong place
1: oh that is so not what we do um
0: but we will see if we can come to a consensus as to what is going on around us I uh, we do not as of yet have a uh email address we will in the very near future but we will be encouraging the two or three of you who listen uh to respond to us i uh, if you respond intelligently and peacefully we will discuss and hopefully help you have you join in the conversation with us uh once again that's what we're looking for is the idea of conversation that does not necessarily have to lead to hatred (laughs) Uh, when we invariably get the hate mail that we know we're going to get we'll probably just make fun of you uh, mercilessly but that's neither here nor there
1: yeah i i think reasonable discourse is a is really the term i'm looking for like that's that's what I'm hoping for. I know what we're going to get is, you guys are flaming bags of crap. I mean, I know that. Uh, I, I've i run casts before. I've gotten that before. Uh, but I'm hoping for for thoughtful discourse, honestly.
0: So the basic format we're going to have here is, as I said, starting it with a question. Now, I had originally thought of starting... With a very very broad and basic question for our inaugural cast which is was has the world around us gone insane <laughs> we don't have enough we don't have enough hard drive for that <laughs> uh and i read an article that had that well it, it just basically caused my eyeballs to melt uh recently and It basically proved that the answer to the question of have we all gone insane is just a very basic and simple yes. Uh, But at the same time, I also thought it would lead into a conversation that would probably introduce Sean and I's personalities a little bit since we are both, well, geeks. um, And have a little bit of a more interesting and fun time. So, my question is, is it possible... In today's day and age in our society to simply shut the fuck up and enjoy yourself and what brought me to this question is uh, Sean I am assuming that you have read the story of Dune is that correct
1: I have indeed Frank okay. Herbert is a, a treasured memory from my uh, teen youth
0: and for those who are or are not aware, Dune is a science fiction story in which just about everything you've seen science fiction since then is in some way, shape, or form derivative. Uh, everybody who sees art from Dune goes, oh look, it's tattooing from Star Wars. Um, nope, that's the other way around. The article I read, which once again just blew my mind, was written on the basis that the new movie coming out from Dennis Villevenu that I am eagerly waiting for and, and constantly pissed off that they keep pushing back, uh, was in fact problematic. And problematic because Dune, as far as the author of the article was concerned, promotes, how did she put it? Ah, uh, yes, white colonialism, and white saviorism. Now, the part about this that made me lose my mind is, is that the the question in and of itself of whether or not it promotes white supremacy, white saviorism, white colonialism, just basically proves that she never read the story. Because if you have read the story of Dune, you know that the white savior basically fucks up the universe.
1: I was going to say, um, yeah, pretty much trashes it. Yeah. Um, so much so that his kid has to, like, do damage control his whole life and costs him his happiness and his, his livelihood. In fact, his daughter, too. Um, yeah, In fact, their whole family is really screwed after that, trying to fix all of this.
0: So, that brings us back to the question. Can is it possible in today's day and age to just shut the fuck up and enjoy yourself? So,
1: John. Mm, well, as much as I love Learyism, uh, which, if you don't know what that is, it's my special term for, uh, and nobody, nobody's going to like this, but years and years ago, you can look it up, um, Dennis Leary did a... Skit and a song, as a matter of fact. And in fact, if you've never heard Dennis Leary sing, it's once he sings a song, it's eternally his. Um, Oh, he's a treasure. uh, He is. But he had this bit, and it's always stuck with me. Um, Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't tell me to shut the fuck up. one's ever told me that before. I feel so much better about myself. Um, I I don't like, I've tried to do that. Uh, since I heard that, it's like, look, quit bitching about the material. Have something – don't just bitch to bitch. Just don't complain to complain. Have some thoughtful things to say, and then either enjoy it or don't. Now, that is the, the end – the end goal of this is our friend Beef, who can view anything, any piece of content and Except find – movie Except for the movie soldier and find, and the live-action version of *Death Note* we have found. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, you'll hear that in an upcoming cast. Uh, I, I, but, I can't
0: argue with him, but that's <laughs> not here nor there. Apparently,
1: those are the only two things he he he, he says is not uh, devoid of valuable content. However. Uh, he finds something valuable and and worthwhile in everything he watches and everything he sees, and this is something that uh, – uh, one of the reasons I'm friends with him is because of that methodology, and it is sorely lacking on well, every media outlet and every – water cooler conversation you've ever heard recently
0: well is is it actually just lacking or has it gone completely the opposite direction
1: i i think when people today and this is and this is partially my fault okay i I will take some of the blame a very very small tiny part of it but for years my first podcast was about a television show and we would gather uh with the co-host there And uh, I would we would get edited out (laughs) towards the end. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) yeah, there's a lot of me on the cutting room floor somewhere. But um, one of the things that we would do is tear apart every episode and and all that kind of stuff. Now, we would try and do it in constructive way and funny way and all that kind of thing. But where. Where one is a constructive criticism, eventually kind of once you – and this is my favorite um, thing that I, I have seen recently in the in the last couple of years is the whole Anton Ego speech from Ratatouille. If you haven't seen that movie, you need to check it out. Um, and, and one of the things that, that they go into about that is being a critic is very easy. It's very difficult to – to rise up in defense of the new and the hopeful and the, the creativity. And it's very easy just to trash things. Um, It's fun even. And I think people have taken that and, and really adopted that point of view because of the way this is nothing new. Everybody says this, but they've adopted those, those tendencies because of the way the internet works. There is no accountability. Nobody cares, right? You can say anything and who cares? And that has not done good things for creative atmospheres um, because nothing, if you're, and I have some experience with this, if you create a work of, a creative work of any reasonable size, I can say without fear of contradiction, you're not going to do that by yourself, you're going to have outside influences, whether it be help creating it, help funding it, help producing it, help distributing it. Uh, you're, you're going to have help.
0: Well, the, but some would argue that that's not necessarily such a bad thing. To use as an example of you know one of both of our favorite series, everyone will tell you that the best Star Wars movies are the ones where someone was reigning George Lucas in.
1: I, I will not disagree with that, and I don't think it's a bad idea to have a collaboration at all. However, what it means now is that the people funding it have agendas that they didn't ordinarily used to, say, 20, 30 years ago, maybe 40 years ago. And while the creative works have always been created to express a viewpoint or a, a point of change or 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 some kind of philosophy whatever it is the the message that that is being filtered through now or or being pushed through that creative content is being driven by the people who have their control of the money and while that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing either there seems to be a trend right now of Mm, we'll call it social justicing their way <laughs> through content. Now you can be upset about that, but I can defend that that viewpoint with almost every piece of content that comes out in the last couple of years. Almost every one of them. All right, there's a few exceptions, but most of them well, seem I, to have that theme.
0: I you know. Even to steal a comment from a pundit, Bill Maher even last night on uh, Real Time was saying uh, that, you know, if you look at the Oscars, it was basically daring you to enjoy yourself. (laughs) Whereas, you know, if you go back in time, one of the most prolific musicals ever was built around the song Springtime for Hitler, that being the Mm. producers. Yeah. Yeah. so how have we gone how have we gone over this line to the point where rather than taking something for even whether it be satirical humor uh, even intentionally disgusting humor and going out of our way even to the point of uh, either whether it's you haven't even read it or you're flat out lying about it or you just didn't get it. You're trying desperately to find something bad to say.
1: Uh, that's very simple, actually. Um, one, there is money in and power in both political and monetary in group hate. And I know that doesn't sound right, but it is. If you look around, um, there are people who get a voice and get um, monetarily sponsored because of their righteous indignation. No matter what it is, it it doesn't matter. Now, a lot of people will be trying to figure out what way I lean politically. um,
0: Well, we are trying to be honest about our biases here, so let's go ahead and throw that out there. I mean, both of us tend to be bit on the right leaning shall we say
1: well i'm right leaning on 2a i'm left leaning on some of the social issues but as far as you know the governmental politics that police and and do the laws and and policies for the nation i'm more in the um it should be burned to the ground and start over camp um but uh i Honestly, I don't trust any of our current politicians. I'll, I'll come right out and say that, and you can hear the people, you know, click on something else right now. But still, I I don't trust any of them. I don't think any of them have our best interest at heart. They're mostly all controlled by corporations. And we can get into that in another cast. However, um, with regards to content that comes out, uh, there's there's two there's two camps, right? There's the commercial machine. And the people and the commercial machine wants to make money. So they want all good things to be said about that, Uh, whatever, whatever it is, Um, the and the people, as far as I'm, I can tell at this point as a whole cannot be made happy. (laughs) So. There's there's a dichotomy that happens there, right? Um, take uh, for instance, it, I mean, if you if you scoot uh, just slightly to the side of Dune and go to something that, as uh, this is recorded, uh, I don't know when it's released, but as this is recorded, is happening very recently. Okay, let's take out uh, Black Widow. Okay, the the movie that just came out. Which now, I'll
0: be honest, I enjoyed.
1: Um, I have not seen it. I will totally admit to that. Uh I I haven't been out on movies as as much as I should and and honestly Black Widow wasn't one of the ones that that I like I love Loki. You know, he was way more interesting to me than Black Widow. However, um Black Widow was delayed a long time. It costs a great deal to make and it was released into a Society that had just went through a pandemic. Now, all that said, it uh, as far as it's expected, uh, Marvel, big cinematic Marvel releases have never had trouble making money.
0: No, not really.
1: Um, You're talking in some cases billion with a B, billions of dollars. All right.
0: uh to to just give a um, matter of perspective, the uh, last Spider-Man before uh, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man two only made the nature of about seven or eight hundred million dollars, just under a billion dollars, and was considered a failure.
1: Right, right. So when domestically black widow didn't bust 180 yet at the time of this recording uh this is a large failure to them it probably cost over 200 to make it is uh and i could probably look on box office mojo and check but it it's it's a marvel movie and a big one and it did make money and what happened after that now the studios and scarlett johansson who's Salary largely depends on how it does. All blame Disney. Disney blames the movie theaters. IMAX blames Disney, and and Disney released it in piracy, and you know everybody's pointing the fingers at why this didn't make money. Now, the <laughs> the fans fall into camps, right? Uh, again, the aforementioned uh, our friend Beef, who saw it went. I mean, it's all right. I mean, it's okay. It's, uh, you know.
0: My only complaint, and it had nothing to do with the story or anything of that nature, I think it got released in the at the timing of its release. Yeah. I know, and I know that wasn't in anybody's control, but this if this had been released either just before or just after Endgame, it would have been perfect.
1: I think so. I think everybody,
0: that story's already kind of been told. And and, and and actually, then that's kind of what it was. If you look at a lot of the things that have gone on that people have watched in um, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe recently, everything is of consequence. Yeah. And this movie had zero consequence to it. Yeah,
1: you knew nothing here matters. You know that she's going to die. Spoiler, you know she's going to die. You know what's going to happen. Um. There have been like I, for instance, I did not care much for uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I quit like a couple episodes in. I was like, yeah, I really wasn't into it. Loki bated breath the whole way through. Loved it. Uh, it, It's I I think largely I'm kind of over some of that. But uh, as far as the, the Marvel cinematic stuff, I want new stories that that continue on or tell me different stuff. Now what you're what you're hearing with that is is corporate right the there's corporate failure this came out at the wrong time this wasn't you know it's not that the movie was bad cuz you know a lot of people are saying it really kind of wasn't i just you know it was neither here nor there now that's on one side of things that's that's kind of the corporate side you can see how a movie fails because it was it had an improper Uh, For good reasons, it had an improper release strategy is really what this is coming down to. And it failed because of timing. I can accept that there's there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good, clean, like, ah, I see what happened now. Move over and we'll we'll kind of walk down the spectrum because I got two more examples. The next one is uh, at the time of this recording. It released a couple of weeks ago. uh, He-Man Revelations. Now, I don't know if you were a He-Man fan when you were a kid. Oh, hell yes.
0: Who I wasn't?
1: was. I was a huge He-Man fan. It hit me square between the eyes.
0: Now, and I'm going to, here comes one of our digressions. Were, um, were you thrown off as an adult when you went back and watched it and went, oh my God, he's a bondage guy?
1: Yeah, he's, uh, he's wearing a bondage harness, a fur bikini, and a page boy haircut. Y- yeah. yeah. I didn't see that as a kid. I'll no. be honest, I didn't see that coming. Although it makes sense now why I was so in love with Evelyn, who is basically a dominatrix um, with a heart of gold. Exactly. And Tila, who is like a... And um, and
0: she was always my thing because I like girls who kick ass.
1: Yeah, Tila and Evelyn were like super great. And, And Tila was like the other end of that where she's like an angel wing dominatrix. Like she's super protective and she's she kicks ass and she's a redhead and she wears gold boob armor and it was like the whole thing was there right exactly. um she wore you know like big knee high boots and and a onesie the entire time and she swung a sword it's all there for me as far as i was concerned he rode a giant green and yellow tiger i mean seriously <laughs> what the hell you don't have to be very old to understand that this is badass all right um, at the tender age of five, I figured that out immediately. Okay, and Skeletor was was the greatest. You know, um, uh, I also had a thing for Sorceress. It's like, oh, Bird Girl feathers, yeah, that's that's cool. <laughs> um, it did had it had everything but a Catwoman. All right, it it was it was all there for me. Uh so I was a big fan and I was a big fan all the way through like the when they redid it in 2000 and, and all that kind of thing. So when Kevin Smith who is I am a huge fan of Kevin Smith um I uh, said that I'm going to be doing He-Man. I was super excited. I'm like, "Wow." The, now, admittedly, he was not a He-Man fan, but he fanboys on everything he ever takes on. He just basically kind of sucks up all the the atmosphere and all the the good things about it and then tries to do his best with whatever he's doing. That's kind of his MO.
0: And and the worst part about it is is uh he even did something that caught me by surprise which was went back to the look of the toys. Yeah. I, he, he even what the original He-Man uh tv show had just kind of went okay that toy looks a little goofy we're gonna do something different nope he went right back to the toys he,
1: he did uh, like he picked an animation studio which is fabulous it's located here in texas by the way um uh, that did castlevania um they kept a lot of the color palettes true but but uh, kind of invigorated them i mean the entire thing i was so excited I really was. Um, And then I watched it, and they killed He-Man in the first episode, and I went, oh, crap. And I will state now, for the record, I see what he was doing. It's a bold move. I see what he was doing, and I understand and comprehend. He's like, look, the problem with He-Man, and this is true, and I I see his point on this. The problem with He-Man is nothing bad ever happens to this dude, all right? He, he goes in, he calls on the power of Gray Skull and he kicks ass. It's a very simple formula, okay? Nothing bad. It's sort of like Superman. Nothing bad actually happens to him. So the only thing that you could really do, you can go one of two ways. You can either kill him or, like Superman, he has relationship problems, like he can't protect the people he loves.
0: Well, they right? kind of threw all of that at He-Man.
1: So, yeah, and what they did in, in Revelations, I assume you saw it. Um, yeah,
0: actually I was the one who sent you an email going, It's all about Tila, you'll love it.
1: Yeah, oh that's right. Um I thought that was Beef for some reason. Uh anyway, I, I get texts from Beef every You should see this. It's like what? What is that? Uh and he's always right. Um and and they kind of did. He he kind of, you know, had to deal with all this kind of stuff. And they used he used the next strongest character in the series, which was in fact Tila. And I see what he did, and I see what he was going for. I get it.
0: And, and spoiler alerts, uh, you know, the fact that he made her hate his guts was even better.
1: Right. Um, and the fact that she turned, she threw her arms up and went, you know what, screw this, I'm out. You know, I agreed with her. I, yeah. Everyone in her life lied to her. I get it. You're not wrong. Okay. I totally get it. The where I think it crossed over for a lot of people, and and this is the part where where it diverged because he was he was having now there was uh, for the, anyone not following the story which uh, I I get it he man probably all of you aren't it's not forefront in your mind but bear with me for just a second um, before it all came out there was this quote unquote uh, release you know this like leak that. Um, it's the, the show isn't about He-Man. It's going to be about Tila. It's gone entirely woke. Now that's a, that's a charged word.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And actually I hadn't read that. It was, this was actually a surprise to me when I watched the show.
1: Okay. So we're going to have two different viewpoints on this because I knew it happened. All right. I didn't know it was out yet, but I knew it happened and I'd read it and I went, oh no. yeah, but Kev's at the helm and he wouldn't do that. Right, I've talked to Kevin Smith before. I I don't think he'd have done that on purpose, all, all of what this leak is saying. So I go into watching it, and they kill He-Man in the first episode, and then Tila has this kind of Xena-esque relationship with uh, Andrea, and then they have Evelyn and a – I don't know uh, – Android Man and Orko. That's
0: okay, basically
1: – you have the, to admit
0: I know it's completely totally and utterly besides the point but Orco did have his own badass moment
1: Orco I would argue that
0: Orco had his first badass moment <laughs> and his last <laughs> uh, like uh, and actually having not even see I, I I'll admit I kind of missed the fact that He-Man was coming back until I saw the previews on Netflix and what got me, got me to actually go and watch it, because I first, my first thought was, oh, Bondage Man is back. Um, my, what got me to go back and watch it was the clip of that scene with Orko going, okay, if we're going to turn Orko into a badass versus a bumbling idiot, I'm in. And I, actually, they, yeah, did <laughs> they did both. They did both. Uh,
1: and I, I, I was, I loved seeing Evelyn's hair. For basically the first time I ever remember, uh, I, I thought
0: they were going to come out and tell us that she was the sorceress's sister.
1: I something, you know, I was like, holy crap! And I had completely forgotten Cringer could talk. Um, I'm like, holy crap! Is that cat talk? Did, did he always talk? You know, like <laughs> weird weird thoughts that you have when you're watching this as an adult, and. I watched the, the first five episodes straight, mainlined them, just right into my brain. And I see – and Kev made a lot of, of stuff about his Orco story arc, and I totally agree with him. And I also think it was worth killing him to make the statement he made and make you care about the character in the way that he did. I think he was dead on, all right? Um, I think he, killing He-Man, strong move um do i think it was what the negative detractor camp think it is i'm not sure uh i can honestly see their opinion um they now he didn't say and beef and i had an argument about this uh he didn't say it was called he-man and the Masters of the Universe, Revelations.
0: No, no, actually, that's true. I did pick up on that, too. It was just the Masters of the Universe.
1: Revelations, right? And the revelation is this, what Tila had is, holy crap, that's He-Man, is Prince Adam, right? That was a revelation. And, oh, okay. But, now, I didn't come into it with that in mind. I didn't know that that was the revelation we were having all right um now it, it is only the first five episodes so they could flip this around but
0: well i mean spoiler i mean since in the fact that we're assuming people have watched this spoiler alert um they didn't just kill he-man once
1: yeah they kind of killed him twice. stabbed him in the side <laughs> in the last episode too so now they didn't show him after that but if I got a spear wound like that, I would be dead in about five to ten minutes. Now, there, he swears up and down. Kev Smith swears up and down. He's not dead. Uh, I take him at his word. However, um, unless they get some extreme magic going on, it's going to be the Teela show again. Now,
0: it is, it is the ultimate MacGuffin. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: right. Oh, magic. Magic. <laughs>
1: Uh, so, uh, you know, somebody could fix him. He could get better. It's a cartoon. All right. It's anything can happen. However, I can honestly see where people are upset about this. Uh, I, I am not, I, for one, trust Kevin Smith. I really do. Uh, I, I know where he tries to come from. I know it comes from a place of love, generally speaking, and he tries to, you know, kind of encloak himself into whatever universe he's playing in, no pun intended, whatever universe he's playing in, he tries to make himself that ultimate fanboy so he can give fans what they want. However, when you flip that, if I didn't trust Kev the way I do and give him More than the benefit of the doubt, I could freaking see why people are upset about this whole Tila thing and her quote-unquote friend and the fact that there's like no male character of any length or time in there that makes a good decision in here except Skeletor. Um, I can see it, and I can see why people are unhappy. I can also see why people are complaining about it and this is not the first time Kevin Smith has had controversy in his career about doing stuff. Um, Different, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I do think this is one of the first time, like he's, he's been picketed before he's been, you know, I, I mean, they've had protests. I mean, dogma was like, people were up The religious people were upset. And I think he made Nazi gnomes with his, you know, his daughter and all that. kind of stuff I mean, like, He's done some controversial stuff. He did. He turned a dude into a walrus in one of his <laughs> movies. So I mean, like, look, I get it. Uh, I totally get it. Uh, there's, uh, Kev has a unique way of doing things. However, um, in the times we live in now, this is, you know, because of the complaining, you may not get to finish the story because of the upset fanboys and and i get why they're upset they were looking for a he-man in a return to nostalgia and, and to get that same feeling as they got when they were a kid and what they got was a modern updated storyline that is i would say 75 percent, maybe 80 percent women driven
0: i i can't argue with that I'll, I'll admit that i kind of came at it in the same fashion that you did which is when Okay, this is Kevin Smith now that he man is dead again um i i'm now i'm I'm actually more drawn in to see what comes next.
1: I'm fine with that um, I, I i really am as well. I, I'm like, okay, well, let's see what the next five do. i'm, I'm it, totally but, willing to give it a shot.
0: but it's also not the first franchise in the past several years that has tried desperately to give fans what they wanted and by throwing in so much that people were demanding that the movie came out schizophrenic and just went what the fuck is this
1: <laughs> star wars uh, um.
0: actually that's exactly where i was going <laughs> if you want to see what happens when a movie is in fact written and directed by twitter go watch the rise of skywalker it, 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 it all i can say is damn I mean and, and this is a movie I desperately I I watched several times trying desperately to find a way to like this movie. And I couldn't.
1: I I didn't see it until the girls made me watch it. Um which is funny because my girls could give it. Now, here's here's an interesting way around, right? My girls hated Star Wars. Hated it. It was just one of those things that dad did right didn't care didn't care anything about it any anything like that that's stuff boys like i've heard that sentence more than once in my house until mandalorian came out and at that point there were two things that drew them in the first was and is of course baby yoda
0: that drew everybody in
1: that drew everybody in like if you could have
0: like you could have
1: bet me any amount of money that a child like yoda would have galvanized the entirety of the star wars fan base man woman child doesn't matter what it is doesn't matter who you are
0: and i'm going to digress on something that is completely besides the point again now listeners if you're not liking that concept once again you're listening to the wrong podcast um I don't know if you, if you saw, but every, everybody was talking originally at the last episode with how they did Luke Skywalker. Yeah. If you don't know, a guy on YouTube went out and did it better.
1: I have seen that, yeah.
0: And the funny part about it is is Lucasfilm just went, we'll hire him. <laughs> how to get a job at LucasArts by a guy from YouTube. Exactly. Uh, uh, I, I i'm done i just thought that was funny
1: yeah not the first time they've done that either they they've like seen something and went just hire that guy yeah just just see whoever did that yeah hire them uh we we need them uh that's how that works by the way uh <laughs> in many cases however uh this baby yoda seemed to now the mandalorian was cool everybody liked the mandalorian but Baby Yoda's
0: uh, the draw. Nobody is really honestly caring what happens to the Mandalorian. Everybody wants to know what happens to Baby Yoda.
1: Yeah, my daughters don't have a picture and posters of the Mandalorian. They don't have stuffed animals of the Mandalorian. They do have stuffed animals of Baby Yoda and posters thereof. Now, my eldest daughter, uh, there was another character in Mandalorian who connected with my daughter, okay, a 12-year-old Texas girl. And that was Cara Dune. She loved Cara Dune. Cara Dune was the coolest thing that she had ever seen. Here's this big, badass, six foot tall chick who can fight the Mandalorian to a standstill. Still looks pretty and can basically—I mean, she has arms the size of my thighs. I mean, she's she is magnificent in every way. And my daughter wanted to went as her uh, to Halloween. Uh, she. Dad, I want to go as car And I'm like, Dad, we'll make that happen. I don't care how much it costs.
0: (laughs) We're going to do that. right. So proud. Star Wars probably isn't that difficult of a costume to do.
1: Nah, no, it was easy because I went a shade overboard.
0: Yeah. All I know is that the one time I had to basically look at my kid with Star Wars and say, I don't think we can manage that was the year she wanted to be Ahsoka. (laughs)
1: like my dad's movie costume makeup skills are not that good i I don't know how to do twilight you know uh but uh i i was so proud you know and we, we did do that and it was and at that point they branched out from there she wanted to know more about bulba fett i can handle that let's watch the original trilogy Oh, okay, that's where it comes from. Okay, cool. Well, is there any more? Oh, baby girl. <laughs> we are you are in for a twenty five hour journey of fun and adventure. Have a seat, you know? Uh and she she branched out into this. She wanted to see Clone Wars because she liked Ahsoka, like like your daughter. Um she like there were there were characters for her. Strangely enough, she never latched on to Princess Leia. Never Chief bitchy you know like well (laughs) Well, you call that uh, spirited but yeah sure yes (laughs) but
0: also at the same time the fact that you will probably never then have to see your daughter go to a con in a princess leia bikini is probably a positive
1: um yeah we're gonna go we're gonna chalk that into the wing column uh but but it was there for her, right? Like, there was all this Star Wars stuff, and that was the only time I – all that to say, I, that was the first time is she wanted to see the conclusion. And I witnessed Rise of Skywalker.
0: I'm and sorry.
1: I know. I, I had avoided it. I hadn't seen it up until a couple of months ago. And I, I – and even Kayla – who is 12 all right this is not uh, uh, you know an adult or anything like that. she hasn't been quote unquote you know jaded by the outside she went I didn't like those last three years as much. The first one was okay you know like where we met Ray and all that kind of stuff that turned and she couldn't put her finger on it. She didn't know exactly why she didn't like it but the the closest she got was these didn't feel the same yes that is correct yeah
0: i I will admit that i was not one of the detractors on the second one um the last jedi i kind of saw where they were going and i think that if they had let him continue along that process that the payoff would have made the second movie look better than everybody thought it was however it goes back to our original postulate they they let the twitterverse the fan complaints and all and the prospect of losing money to guide them into a terrible movie well and i don't think that was
1: just it right i i agree that that helps right it certainly helped that there were and i was you know uninterested by the time the third uh, movie with Ray came out uh, after the end of the second one, where they kept laying and killed Luke, and you know turned everybody into, you know kind eh, of. Uh, I was, I I wasn't down on it. I wasn't going online, you know, preaching my truth or anything like that. Uh, I but I just I wasn't interested anymore, you know, and it just left a bad taste in my mouth until Mandalorian. And that was the vehicle I was like, oh, you know, thank Crom. There is like, that's it. That's the vehicle. That'll take a turn. Let's let's get back to where we need to be. I I understand that they they were taken in into the teeth. And I think a lot of times rightly so for some of the criticisms, not all, but some. But I think when you couple that. With Darth Kennedy um who i and i i won't say exactly how i feel about kathleen kennedy's uh tenure at uh lucasfilm however i will say that the force is female like forcing it down your throat forcing you no pun intended forcing you to see her vision and her vision alone of what this franchise should be and kind of shoehorning in all of these these extra, I don't know, uh, values.
0: I was going to uh, just say bullshit, but that's not the answer there. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I'm trying to be reasonably fair, but I, it, it, shoehorning all that stuff in Regardless of whether it makes sense to do it or not, and you, you wind up creating, I think you wind up creating things you didn't mean to. And what, like, I was a big fan of, of Ray when, um, when they first started, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be cool. She doesn't have anything to do with the Skywalker. She's just some kid somewhere. That's how Luke started. She's just a kid.
0: And I think that's kind of where they were trying to go with the second one. I think because,
1: you know, you see the kid at the end where he's got his broom and he calls it to him. And you're like, this could be you. That was always the thing. Like, this could be you. Right. I,
0: I, I had a concept of where Star Wars had gone in my head for ever since, uh, quite frankly, the end of The Return of the Jedi and even seeing some of the prequel trilogies on how they went. I know that my where my brain was going was not where everybody was going, but it did seem like that's kind of where they were headed to some extent as we came to the end, which was the idea of... The whole concept of Jedi and Sith had to go away. Mm-hmm. That when they created the quote-unquote chosen one out of Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, whoever, that he his whole job was to tear everything down, which is what he did. And then the idea of Luke looking around and going, I know I was brought into the idea that the Jedi were awesome, but now that I'm looking at all of this, I'm realizing they were wrong.
1: Yeah, they were wrong. Now, the Sith are wrong, too. Exactly. But, but this whole thing, that's why it failed. They were wrong.
0: And, and so it, Well, and so the idea that what was coming back up was not going to be Jedi versus Sith, but people.
1: Right. That I I love the concept of the Gray Jedi, you know. That... I,
0: well, I loved the concept because even then, what I thought he when he made the statement of, "What did you expect me to do? Show up with a laser sword and save the universe?" Um, getting rid of the idea that you had to have the one hero save the universe. That you what you really needed to do was bring everyone together.
1: Right, and and there's different levels of people: people who are force sensitive, people who are force powered, people who are, you know, one with it. People who are, people of all walks of life who can contribute in their way. That was really cool to me. I love the idea of that, and I thought maybe that that's, that's what we were getting. And then as you you kind of progressed through, and Ray not only became, mm, uh. Basically, deity, deity-like, de- 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 deity-adjacent, de- you know, um, used could use and control things that took even masters of either discipline decades to do, and she could just do it. And then there was the whole. And the the further on they went, and the more. And the first time I heard the term Mary Sue, I had to go look it up. And <laughs> I was like a uh, female character depicted as unrealistically lacking in flaws we, Oh, we ah shit. All right. Um whether they designed her to be that or not, the minute that she fit the slot, you're like, "Oh crap. That's all anybody's going to do now." Okay, That's I all any know. So when that happens, all you watched the entirety of the fanboys light up and have a direction to go. And I I personally I I don't think that's right. You know, like, if you didn't like the story, you don't like the story. Vote with your your um, reasoned opinion. Don't – and this is kind of always how I feel about it because I'm a creator myself. Like, don't flame the creator, right? And I think constructive – there's a fine line between constructive criticism and just trolling, right, and flaming. And well, when you it, do that,
0: but it, even then it, before they came, like they, the movie started coming out, there were all these demands. Who is she going to be? Who is she descended from? There has to be a lineage here.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's unnecessary. And I get where, cause they're boxing them in, right? They're just, they're, they're kind of ghost boxing them into this, this area where it's impossible to make a good decision. And, and I think that that had it been handled you know I, there's a I keep coming back to it. had it been handled like Mandalorian, like okay, we're gonna tell a different story, same universe, different thing. We're gonna get some characters in there. we're gonna do some stuff, but this is not where you're headed. They made the mistake of trying to pick a canon franchise that had books. And comics and games and movies and all this stuff and all these timelines and people our age who had nothing better to do (laughs) in our (laughs) teens and 20s than to itemize, timeline and categorize and catalog these events and these characters and these vehicles and these planets and this universe in our brains so that if you got a, a a sci-fi geek of a certain age, we know more than you uh-huh. about this. You know, like as a creator, we know more than you. <laughs> OK, uh, that's not how that happened. Now, which which Chewbacca timeline are you going to do? Because, you know, because they did solo and they did some other things. Now, I think Rogue One was the essence of perfection, uh, as far as I'm concerned, as far as a I, I, we're going
0: to ease up. I didn't like the ending. But it was a great movie. Other than that,
1: I loved the ending. I did. I loved everything about it because it it gave, like, like why Rogue Squadron exists. Why do they call them that? You know why why is is you know was this created on such a somber note? You know, like I, I loved that it just tailored right in like a jigsaw piece, just boop right it right into the story.
0: Oh, oh that, then I should clarify. I didn't like the whole them on the beach embracing. Quite frankly... I think oh, yeah, he that should, was a little... He should, was a little yeah. he should have died in his fall. Yeah. She should have been killed by Krennic in the process of uploading the information. And the last part of that should have been Krennic looking at the blast from the test Star going, fuck.
1: Yeah. No, I, I'm... I wasn't happy about the embracing on the beach. I know why they did it from a a dramatic standpoint. I didn't have as much problem with that because because um two things. One is when you look at Jane also and she goes, you know, this is a rebellion. I rebel. You know, I was like, yes. You exactly. know like yes that i want her you know like that's what this was built on and the other one was watching vader plow through the 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 rebel troops Uh and you realize how terrible and how powerful he actually is how powerless you know because you're in your head you're always like why didn't just somebody freaking shoot him oh no it's been tried all right (laughs) they the the reason it's so he's so deadly and dangerous is this here let me show you how terrifying he is i was
0: yes and and i and i have to admit that darth vader was my favorite character of the original series because i just liked what a scary badass he was
1: see i like stormtroopers i i've always been a stormtrooper fan i i loved the look i loved that Seven million bolts of lasers were expended. No one was shot.
0: That's
1: what they um, the team. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, oh, man, I love that. I love the helmet. I love the look. I love the the fact that they could, you know, they were snow troopers and they were scout troopers and they were all this kind of cool jobs. And it, I, I've always been fascinated with stormtroopers. And maybe it's just the the costume design or the the function or whatever it is. I've always had a great love of that. Um.
0: I, with that said, what i what I really enjoyed, what I have really enjoyed with uh, shows like the, the animated shows that they've done recently, with shows like the uh, the Bad Batch, uh, Clone Wars, uh, and then with the Mandalorian, and it's even what I enjoyed about the movie Solo is once they killed off the entire uh, expanded universe that we knew and said no no none of that happened giving us some concept a better feel of enlarging that universe of starting to see what was going on out away from the main storyline is is treasure
1: having bill burr look at the mandalorian and go i'm not a stormtrooper you know with his boston <laughs> accent um, <laughs> in defense of his sharp shooting skills, which we, as we find out later are significant. Um, I was just in the, you know, in also in the Mandalorian, where you have the two scout troopers in the bike with a pistol and a can like 10 feet away and they can't hit it. And they just shake it and look at the gun. Like it's the gun's fault. Right. Um, I love, I love the, the mythos that is created around that. I, I, I crave it every time they give me a little bit of it and to take all of that and put it into some of the things that they're doing now. um, I I think righteous indignation is probably right for a lot of the things. I'm glad that uh, Darth Kennedy has been stopped from some of her reign of evil. Um, I know that she's still there. I know that she she still has the reins in some in, uh, instances and not in others. I I know that there's a battle, right? However, um, what the Star Wars fans inadvertently did was create a a silent. Uh, it's not even silent. A faction of of power that that pushes against these these themes right and if you publicly declare that you are against a certain thing there's an equal and opposite reaction that comes against you and you just wind up having this public slog in social media and nothing ever gets done no no one's ever happy
0: and it right? comes back to the original concept. Is it possible to just shut the fuck up and enjoy ourselves? Because a lot of these things that we're talking about, uh, uh, with the rise of Skywalker, everybody saw Last Jedi and wouldn't shut up, and we got the rise of Skywalker. Uh, people realize that... Uh, Gina Carano is a little bit on the right-leaning side, and next thing you know, she's persona non grata and fired, and you no longer have Cara Dune. People won't just shut up and enjoy.
1: You know, I I think that's true to a point, but here's here's where I go. Um, One, if it was something that was popular 20 to 30 years ago and a generation grew up with it, I don't think you can get I, – I think it's very, very difficult to hit your stride right bringing it back. I think it's very difficult, especially if that IP was predominantly male the first time as far as its viewership. I think coming back into the world now, it is going to be very difficult to make something that is enjoyable and or for that same audience who has grown up. Uh, I think it is virtually impossible uh, because the creative engine that is driving that is no longer interested in servicing that crowd um, where you get stuff like uh, major cast members or people leading movies saying this movie isn't for you. It's like, oh, wow. Um, well, if not, it's a comic book movie. Like, who who is it for? <laughs> um I I don't understand uh you know and, <laughs> and and you probably even know what movie I'm talking about but there's there's a lot of those that that go around I don't think it's possible for those movies those those predominantly male back in the day produced today I don't think it's possible to make that without a significant amount of pain for everyone involved both the studio or or production house making it the people trying to distribute it the fans trying to consume it and the uh writers trying to uh critique it i don't think anybody's going to have a good day no uh however i do think it's possible to create new things and have everybody uh enjoy it i'll give you uh an example john wick yes okay Um, now that is also, and this is why I picked it, that is also predominantly a male audience. It is an adult male audience aimed at the same people that He-Man, Star Wars, all the rest of that stuff is aimed at, right? Adult Gen X males, okay? Now there's other people that it's for and all that kind of stuff, but generally speaking, Gen X male hits a square between the eyes, right? There was no great protest. There was no social media campaign logging against it. There were no picketing or anything like that when John Wick came out, any of the three of them, right? Um, It has predominantly been reasonably positive. Uh, It also helps that the vehicle is starring Keanu Reeves, who is the world's nicest man.
0: Well, I was was about to say, what you basically have is – The least controversial human being on the face of the earth.
1: Right. Who is universally loved, no matter who you are, by man and beast alike, starring him, who no one who has had contact or or met him in person has ever had said aught of ill about him. Once. Not even once. Uh is he, you know, can he lead that? Yes. Now, same guy. If you – and I know they're doing it now, all right, so bear with me. I know they're redoing it. If you were to redo The Matrix today instead of 1998, that is going to cause problems because it was written in a different time. I think anything that was male-facing I, – well, I, when you bring well, it forward, I don't think you're going to be able to do it today I'm, in the same
0: way. I'm going to be a little disingenuous on that one, though, and because I think they've got something going for it that, as I said, people are not going to like the way I put it in this fashion, because I think there's going to be more acceptance to that for no other reason than the people who directed it started out as male and are now female.
1: I, look, Wachowskis aside... It's still, I, I still think you, what you're gonna get, unless they turn Neo into a woman, <laughs> which is entirely possible. Truly. Okay, and if they do, let's say they, let's say they don't, let's say they keep Neo as a dude. Let's even say they keep Neo as Keanu Reeves. There's gonna be a certain amount of population that say this is about the patriarchy to bring it back around it's about a white male savior complex right which is why i brought it up um the white male patriarchy is saving the world this is bs right let's say they flip it and turn neo into a woman you'll get
0: actually what i what i have seen rumors of which may actually answer that is the fact that they're going to turn neo into the villain
1: And that's entirely possible. And that's – but, in fact, the the hero will probably be a woman. Yes. And if they do that, you're going to get a certain amount of the population who is going to complain because, oh, they couldn't take Neo being a dude and they had to make him evil because that's what the patriarchy is. So you're going to get (laughs) – you're gonna get like one side or the other of that is gonna
0: complain, well, okay? And I, maybe both. If they're smart enough, there's actually a way around that. And it's oh, there's all that, kinds of ways oh, around. that. no, 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 no. but it's it's something that would be uniquely positive and, and able to be done in the Matrix of all movies. If and once again, I'm gonna be disingenuous here. If they make the the woman and Neo the villain the part that would make those people not the the people who would complain about that the part that would make them not notice that is if they made sure the woman had a really nice ass and put it in latex
1: oh no they've tried that they've tried that and it doesn't work out well really how oh yeah where did i miss that oh man look okay we'll we'll get to that in a second but before
0: i'm thinking underworld here
1: (laughs) okay underworld's a different thing though Right, underworld started because of um, first of all, Kate Beckinsale can can do almost anything, and second, um,
0: oh, and I will recommend her new movie on. Uh,
1: oh, movie. Jolt was amazing,
0: wasn't it? Uh huh. Oh, I uh, loved it, it, even though she did none of her own stunts. Yeah, I'm still okay with that. I got to yeah. hear her cuss in her actual accent, uh-huh. and
1: I'm a big fan.
0: Okay. Well, I like right. that woman again, so. I apologize. And that
1: woman ages like a fine wine. I'm so sorry. Holy <laughs> crap, is that woman beautiful? Anyway, um and genuinely talented and funny and intelligent and it's just it's sickening. Like she got all the like all her stats go up to 100, you know, okay, it's but, ridiculous.
0: But I do have to take you back because I am I have to admit I am mystified because I'm sitting here trying to think of a movie, no matter how good or bad in which they did not distract the testosterone males, of which both of us are count, um, with a woman with a nice ass and latex. I'm trying to see, figure out where that failed.
1: Resident Evil. Touche. <laughs> Even Mila Jovovich in tight leather and latex and anything else they can stuff her in.
0: No, no, touche. I, 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 oh, yep. I I didn't think about that because I would given up on those movies a while back. See, no no no, you're you correct. I stand corrected.
1: However, uh, it's the the if you take something that was done a while ago uh, and and bring it forward, anything that had a predominantly male audience is not going to go well in today's uh, landscape, and I think. I think that's really the point of it uh now when you take something and then flip it and they've had a bunch of those right uh uh oh God what's the the uh, the uh Charlie's angels right yep comes to mind originally totally and I'll say this and you can bitch and moan at me all you want totally a misogynist type of original concept okay the original 70s tv show go watch it it's misogyny personified all right yes i don't care what you say that's what it is now did i enjoy it of course i did it had beautiful women in it doing guns and i'm always a big fan all right it's a strategy (laughs) that works all right but uh totally misogynistic the uh uh charlie's angels movies with cameron diaz and crew and lucy Liu and and that also, big fan, all right, watched every one of them, including Full Throttle, all right, had zero issue going to the movie, shelling out money to see that. Uh, the most recent, uh, Elizabeth Banks uh, directed, I think, or, or produced or directed, uh, who I'm a big fan from Pitch Perfect and all that kind of stuff. I like mm-hmm. Elizabeth Banks, uh, her, her work, generally speaking. I think it's witty and I think it's funny. Um, did... The most recent uh, one with the Twilight girl who I love. Um, And I sat down to watch it and went, oh, Um, Ghostbusters. Same thing. Flip it to all female, make fun of men, you know, laugh at the patriarchy. There's no effectively there's no good male. Like you can't combat a a and try and win the hearts and minds of people i guess this is my point you can't win the hearts and minds of people by making fun of them what you have to do is show them a different way and not just a different way not this is what you're doing to us it's not like you're not going to make and and elizabeth banks by the way famously blamed men for not watching her movie because she's like, this is what we've had to sit through. You should have paid money for this.
0: Well, then she and, should have had camera Diaz dancing in her underwear. Damn it.
1: I, you know, I, I look, it's it got eight fifty out of me. Okay. I, I'm not going to lie, but I, that's not how you do that. Okay. And, and also if you want to affect change, And this, I guess, goes around to my original point. If you want to affect change, one of the ways, one of the best ways to do that is to lead by example, not lead by um, retribution. And they're going, Dune is uh, unfortunately, and I'll be complaining honest i hated the sting version of dune where everybody was whispering through the whole fucking movie and
0: i'll I'll agree with you
1: i i hated it yeah i thought um especially and now that movie spurred me to read the books because my my dad who was a big frank herbert fan from way back in the day uh said it's better i promise it's better in the books the baron doesn't look like a floating postule you know it's Actually, it's
0: better i i got the same thing i had seen the movie and hated the movie and somewhere along the line somebody had told me read the book and didn't expand on anything beyond that and when i read the book it was kind of like this isn't even the same story it's not even the yeah it's not even the same system you know like it's like no so
1: i i i did children of dune and i i i expanded on that and i thought personally and this is just my personal opinion feel free to crucify me if anyone ever hears this i thought sci-fi's adaptation in the early 2000s was fantastic
0: that was it was a tad bit too stylized for my taste but i agree with you
1: oh but visually it was just about there yeah um the story was a lot closer the 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 motivations were a lot closer Johnny was hotter because I've never been a Sean Young fan. Um <laughs> I I liked <laughs> I am sorry, you know I am what I am you know it's uh, whatever but I I liked the fact that that it it matched what I thought was possible. Now if you want to tell a story like that um and you want People And this is the part that I tre- keep trying to explain to people, and it just falls upon deaf ears, right? If you're a studio and you're looking to make money and you pick a, a story that over time history has declared that this is a popular story with a certain amount of people and of a certain type, be it men, women, whatever it is, tell that story. Tell it to the best of your abilities and let it stand. If there's something violently wrong with it, okay, maybe you don't tell that story then, right? But no story is like that. Like, there's always something grievous and, and uncomfortable about sci-fi and fantasy. That's what it's
0: for. Well, the, the other part about it is, is, as you said, tell the story that people have come to know and love. And it, and the worst part about it is, is that you can do little things and alter things like for example we're talking about the movie dune um they've got a major character in the story that they are gender flopping as long as the character does says and acts in the same general way i don't care i
1: mean i might depending on what it is but let me give you a fantastic example of a gender swap that i was initially against but once i saw it i was like whoa there it is starbuck from I'll oh
0: absolutely
1: that was now, genius. i i was a big dirk benedict fan from the well, 70s and 80s well, he, okay he, yeah
0: but who didn't want to be dirk benedict back
1: then who did i mean he was face he was starbuck he got all the cool roles okay he got all the cool chicks yeah i mean like who didn't want to drive a freaking vet and, and a starfighter i mean seriously now when i heard uh, Battlestar Galactica was coming. out. Now, of course, I, for those of you listening, uh, uh, one of, two of you may be familiar with some of my work, um, but uh, <laughs> I did a podcast on Battlestar Galactica, and I was initially hesitant to like um, Starbuck when I first started watching this, this before I started watching the cast, and then I got a couple of episodes in, and I'm like, well, that's that's obviously, I mean, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they did her so well, and it, they, they pulled the essence out and then found an actor who, who could sum up the essence of that so well that it made Dirk Benedict look like a, a, a okay. transparent copy of what she could do. And I was like, oh, I understand now. That is Starbuck. Now, this is what Starbuck was trying to be. Okay, I get it. This is, that's what Starbuck is. I understand that now. And I think that was probably one of the best illustrations of, okay, we're going to flip this to a woman, but because we think this works better for us. And they were right. It was absolutely correct move to do. Uh, so a lot of the things that, that, and, did you hear anybody complaining about that? Yes. Not after they watched oh, it though. Because no. <laughs> they went, Oh yeah, no, that's way better. Do it like that. Right? Make that. Let's do that as as a society. Let's let's tell the story and then tell it the way it should be told. Now, I don't particularly like how Battlestar Galactica ended because of the writer strike and because I thought I think they lost their way a little bit. Um
0: but they're they're not the first show and definitely not the last to, to do that.
1: No, they're not. And but I I can honestly say and I'm not too jaded and too too uh stupid to admit when I'm wrong. And in that case, I was wrong. Uh it was it, it was fantastically the characters whatever you're feeling about the ending or or the other shows they did. How they created it. The first three, you know, the first two three seasons of it were amazing. They were captivating, and I, I, it was it was the strongest show that sci-fi has ever done. And yeah. I, I I I mean, <laughs> in fact, it's it's the show that brought Jake and I together. Believe it or not. Aww. Uh, it was it was that I mean I uh, I was I was amazed by the show then and it, they brought in an entire actor for this you know for, to play Starbuck which Katie Sackoff is a revelation for anybody who who has never seen any of her work you're living you're, under you're, a rock
0: you're but, missing something then
1: yeah you're 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 missing something in your life um you know it, it, she is. The definition like uh, for years, I couldn't see her as anybody else but Starbuck, you know, like, oh, wow, that's um, that's who that is. I mean, that's the she does. She's just like little five, six bundle of fire. I mean, she's amazing. Uh, and and a lot of the the casting was done that way. A lot of I mean, and she went on to do Longmire for several years and, and she was brilliant in that. You can she's make now in the Mandalorian. Yeah, she's in the Mandalorian. She's Bo Katan for crying out loud. So uh, look, you can make amazing story decisions and excellent content. You can. You can do that. You can be a consumer of that content and make it work out. You can. You can take it uh, you know, try and put your stuff aside and then have but but here's the Here's the kicker. When you go to complain about something because something struck you wrong, I don't care who you are. All right. You're you're with a group. You identify a certain way. You don't identify. a certain way. It doesn't freaking matter.
0: I don't care. Well, I, and I'm trying because I think I know to some extent where you're going, because part of the other part of this question was and it even went going all the way back to the original article that started the conversation was every it's one of the problems with anything that ends in ism is if you get too far into an ism feminism racism whatever ism that is your thing sometimes you can't see past it
1: yeah and that's the part that i think is difficult you have to you have to stop like stop like identify and try and understand what they're like do i agree with everything kevin smith did to he-man revelations or masters of the universe revelations no no i do not i think it is very different than the vehicle i was looking for do i think it's bad no actually i don't i see why people are upset yes i do um do i think he made some good decisions yes do i think he made some bad ones yeah maybe you know we'll have to see how it turns out but maybe uh am i willing to give him the benefit of the doubt yeah um with dune dune has been done badly
0: <laughs> i mean
1: <laughs> badly most of the time most of the time i like i said
0: in fact one of the reasons i am so up in arms about the idea of anybody protesting this is that just looking at the previews is the first time that i have that i'm seeing what i pictured in my head
1: i i honestly don't know I don't know how they're going to do it, and I I reserve judgment until I see it. But I am unwilling to listen to people who who say this is a savior complex. I am also unwilling to listen to the people who who have seen like two or three technical things that they have done. They're like worms don't do that. Like just relax, all right? Like you have <laughs> relax. Um, there's worst, too many teeth
0: in the worms. You know, worst it's like, uh... space
1: worm ever. <laughs> Nice poll. I just, I can't get there from here either. You know, I, I, you know, there are times where I think, oh, I'm not gonna like this, and I'm right, okay. Uh, And there's times where I'm just kind of like, I'm not gonna like this, and I love it. You know, I reserve your judgment, and reserve your righteous indignation. I know that's difficult now, and I. I don't know where we stopped being a people who would listen to each other and maybe, you know, uh, listen to what other people have to say instead of shouting at each other and claiming we're this or that or, or sticking with an ism, as you're saying. I, I don't know where we lost that. It's somewhere. It's somewhere. Well,
0: a lot of it, actually, and this conversation really does come all the way down when you boil it down to its its nuts and bolts is – The righteous indignation. So yeah, I I guess the question to simplify all of this, as as much as I've enjoyed the conversation, is: Do we as a people have the ability to set aside that righteous indignation? I think
1: we we could. I, I think you're required to, but I don't think we have the ability anymore. I think we need to, but. We don't have uh, <laughs> what's uh, there's a comedian, Ron White, who talks about being drunk in a bar once. And he's like, <laughs> at that point, <laughs> I had the right to remain silent, but not the capability, <laughs> but not the ability. Right? Like You have the the I think the responsibility to just hold judgment for just a little bit. But nobody has the ability because everything is is right there, and you have to be first, and you want to have your comment go viral or get fake internet points or, or be seen as saying this to the right crowd. And I I just I I don't think as a society right now we have the the ability, to to do that. I think we should, I think we should do more. And everybody's guilty of it on some level. I am. You are. Every, everybody has done it. Right? Where we're just like, no, I'm not doing that. Because uh, cause this, I and and I think everybody kind of has that with certain subjects has that mentality, and I, and I get it. But you can't do that with everything. Like, you know, the the old, you know, when you're when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Like, everybody's not out to get you. Most of us just don't care, right? <laughs> and I know that's sad, <laughs> but it's also largely true. Like. Uh, there's so many Crusades and everybody's looking to to hang everybody else on on this this justice cross and and make sure that they nail you to the wall for whatever view that they deem is is not wrong thinking that I think a lot of us have forgotten to listen to other people's viewpoints and some of the stuff may be cool some of it you may shift your views a little bit some of it you may be dead right on you know I, I don't know but I don't think we're, as a society, right now, today, I don't think we're capable of it. I think we can if we wanted to, uh, but it would take concerted effort, and that's not something we spend effort on right now, just my personal opinion.
0: Well, I think that brings us to the answer of our question for today. <laughs> How about you? What do you think? I I think I'm, a, I'm on the same boat as you are, is it? it's something that we really need to be capable of doing, but at the moment it seems to be something that we are completely, totally and utterly incapable of. I would speculate to some extent that it's a generational thing Um, that. I, and I'll even take part of the blame of it as a Gen X parent that most of us have taught our kids that their opinion is the most important thing in life.
1: Yeah, God, I've tried so hard to rail against that. I really have. I and as you know, my kids are a little bit younger than yours and I've tried so hard to to be like, look, that's your opinion. And that's all it is, you know, and I try so hard, but it's it's difficult.
0: The other thing that goes into that, and I think that'll end up being a completely separate podcast at some point in time, is the difference between and which, once again, hasn't been taught to our children whether that is our fault the school's fault once again another debate another time is the difference between opinion and objective fact
1: yeah the this is this is my my phrase of hate right now i cannot stand it when people say that or say this is my truth it's my truth no what my true When somebody says this is my truth, what they are saying is this is my strongly held opinion. That's that's
0: what they're saying. Well, it, well, what there's it, actually even taken a step beyond that. What they're saying is this is my strongly held opinion, and nothing else matters.
1: Uh, in practice, I would say that that's probably correct. Yeah, Th-
0: that's what they're saying. I don't say I don't personally think that works, but I think that's what they're saying to you.
1: I'll go a step further than that. Actually, <laughs> who is uh, what is Gamora? No, um, uh, why is Gamora? Uh, I I would say that there, you know, this is my strongly held opinion, and that's all that matters, and you should take this as truth for you, and that's the part I I find very objectionable. That's the part I'm like, nope, I'm off the wagon, you know, uh, I I can't. I can't deal with that part.
0: Well, that kind of goes into a lot of what it is that we're going to try to hopefully explore in this podcast as it continues to go forward, if at some point you don't rage quit on me, Um, (laughs) which is the idea of your truth versus, once again, objective fact. The fact that not everybody is going to see things in the same fashion and form that you are, and that's why we talk to each other.
1: Yeah, that used to be – yeah, one of the great strengths of who we are as a people, and now it's um not so much. Uh,
0: it, it, and once again, if you get somebody who doesn't necessarily experience your truth, it can't be a difference in viewpoint. It can't be a difference in opinion. It has to be you're evil and I hate you.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's the, the, the uh, vitriol that comes with it that I I have problems with. I really do. and I I like to think I'm a reasoned person. I have opinions. I'm sure. everybody does. Uh, are they all right? Of course not. Um, but I try and remain open to that. Um, but I you know there's there's so much hate. I mean, there's so much hate out there, and I, and what's funny is I think, um, again, uh, our friend Beef had it nailed. It's like those dogs that are barking at each other through the fence, and then the fence opens, and they're like, oh,
0: <laughs> what man. do we do now?
1: What do we do? You know, like <laughs> they just kind of peacefully go their own way. When there's nothing between them, but there's this internet thing, and we can we can hurl the most hateful crappy things at each other and then they can hurl them back at us. And you get this, I mean, you just wind up getting so angry. It's something that just doesn't fucking matter. <laughs>
0: and, oh, and, and it even I, goes, I, I goes once again to what we're hopefully going to do here. I don't have an email address for us yet. in All Girl podcast. Um, at some point the hope is, is that you, the listener, um, assuming there's one, two, maybe, um, We'll actually respond. If you send responses, we'll talk about them. If you send hate mail, we'll probably mock them mercilessly. But that's neither here nor there.
1: I react well to hate mail, by the way. It's great. <laughs> I have lots of cool things to say about you. It's fantastic. I love getting hate mail.
0: <laughs> well, do you have anything else for us this afternoon? I don't think I do. Oh, then... Uh, thank you for listening to our inaugural podcast, and hopefully I can find a way to edit this. <laughs> hopefully uh, hope- some of you will hear this. Hopefully somebody will actually listen to it. Hopefully I'll find a way to post it, because this is the first time I've ever done this. So bear with me and have a good day. inaugural cast of the gentleman's soapbox i am jake and i am sean (laughs) hi i
1: can't wait to get yelled at we're gonna get so screwed with this
0: (laughs) does this count as an outtake or
1: (laughs) no i just want to fuck with it
0: thank you very much
1: This is how I am when I'm not running it, by the way. I'm not running a time code. I ain't doing shit. (laughs) Go
0: ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Let me time code myself again.